Who am I and why do I even have this podcast? I'm going to talk about that next. Hello and welcome to the Musician Toolkit. This is episode 15. I am David Lane, your host, and it is great to be with you once again. So let me just go ahead and say up front, just a reminder, I want you to please check out the, the link in my show notes to Fonz if you have a private studio of any kind. You're If you're not using that, you are missing out on a smoother admin process with scheduling and billing, and you definitely should check it out. They have a free trial, and you can see the benefit for yourself. Last night, I was in a rehearsal um, with some people that I haven't known for very long, and I was telling them about my podcast. Uh, especially since this was a choral rehearsal and I was telling him about uh, the episode that I did last week, which is all about singing. And uh, one person asked, what gave you the idea for that? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I also heard someone else say that I should probably say a little bit about myself and who I am. I, I feel like I've kind of revealed nuggets in previous episodes of this podcast. And I know I I revealed quite a bit in my other podcast, Life in the Pit, but I'm not assuming that because you're here that you've been there as well. So I just thought I would just give kind of a brief overview of how I got the idea for this podcast, what my intention is for it, and also just, you know, just a tiny bit more about who I am that, um, again, I think I probably shared some of it already. So sometime about 20 years ago, I got an idea of writing a book and it was something that went really slowly. In fact, I put it off for a very long time. Um, and I, it was probably maybe around 2008 that I actually started taking time at least weekly, like a couple of times a week to write on it. And then I made a, a little bit more of a push, I think around 2009, 2010. In 2010, I finished the book and uh, I, I sent it off to some some friends who volunteered to to proof it and to kind of give their thoughts and uh, and i only (laughs) i only heard back from one person for like maybe the first chapter or two and it was also at that time one year later that i got into musical theater for the first time in my life Uh, like show after show after show and kind of the kind of my goals started to change and uh, I mean, there was a lot of other changes going on at that time, but the the book got forgotten about. <laughs> but then the, the pandemic came and I started a podcast, which was called Life in the Pit, which was all about the musicians who play in the pit for musical theater. And I still recommend if that's an interesting topic, check that out, because um, at last I checked, it's still the only podcast that's devoted to that type of musician. So, uh, and you'll get a lot of what we talk about in the musician toolkit just through the interviews with these musicians. Cause when they talk about what it is they do and you know, what are, what are the, what their background is, you'll hear a lot of these things, you know, talking about how important sight reading is the ability to go with the flow, the, to play with others and um, you know, to know their instrument well, but also be flexible. So, so many things that we that we get into there that we also get into here. But I began to burn out with that podcast really after about a year. And um, it took took a little bit of effort. I, I thought that it would 
going from a weekly podcast to a bi-weekly podcast uh, would have helped some, and it did. I had some really fascinating guests uh, last year on Life in the Pit, but it became a point where I, I just truly admitted I, I am burnt out on this. And part of what what kept me from, and why I, I haven't, I mean, we're in April now, and I still haven't recorded an episode for Life in the Pit this year, and I'm not sure when and honestly if I will. I, I think I might, but I, I don't know. But part of that was that I became convinced that I needed to be doing a different podcast. I once again became interested in the book that I had written and forgotten about. And it was all about, I think the working title was Becoming the Total Musician. And it was based on something that affected me early on uh, when I was in college. I, I was I was always impressed how you had, uh, you'd have someone like Pierre Boulez, who I came to know as a world-class conductor, especially of certain types of composers like uh, like Bartok and like Schoenberg and several others, and only to discover that he was also known as a composer. And um, then I think back to when I first saw the name Andre Previn and realized, you know, that he is a well-known composer and an arranger, because uh, I saw him on the credits of My Fair Lady as the person who, you know, arranged and adapted the music only to find out that he's one of the best conductors of his generation. And so much of what we we love about the London Symphony, like during the time of Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back, had to do with the music director leadership of Andre Previn. Well, Andre Previn is also a fantastic pianist. You can also take Leonard Bernstein, obviously great conductor, but also great composer, you know, Candide, West Side Story, so many more, but also a fantastic pianist. He could, he reportedly could sight read orchestral scores while playing them at the piano. So I just kind of listed three very big musicians uh, as, as reference, but I started to notice when I, when I talked to other people, they never just played one instrument. They might play one instrument far better than all the others, but it, but so many people I met were experienced with other instruments. All those people who could play an instrument really well were pretty comfortable talking about just about any topic in music theory and in music history. So what I now call the tools, each kind of had their own chapter, and I've added to them since then. And uh, when I looked at what I did in 2010, so first of all, I had like maybe 16 or 17 in 2010, and I feel like I've developed, you know, a good portion of a lifetime's worth of experience since then. So I would have to update all the content. I also had some references, you know, pop references that were current at the time. Like I think I talked about Pedro Martinez and Randy Johnson as pitchers. And to be honest, I haven't had cable since 2002. Uh, I am an Atlanta Braves fan. But, uh, you know, I kind of keep up with them mostly through social media. And, you know, sometimes I'll read a box score or something like that. But I don't know who players are right now in, in a lot of professional sports. So it was going to be a lot of work for me to come back to that book to edit it. I, it would almost be better for me to just completely write it from scratch again. But I thought about 
I actually enjoyed podcasting. I just got burnt out on the topic of life in the pit and, and also the pressure to get a guest at a certain interval. And, uh, and it was getting harder to get guests, you know, so there was a lot of things going into that, but I loved, I loved podcasting. I loved sharing with, through this medium, talking about things that I'm passionate about. And obviously I wrote a book, <laughs> I'm passionate on that, but I decided, and, you know, maybe someday I might come back to that as a book, but right now I wanted to explore those topics on a weekly basis and occasionally bring in other musicians to talk about them as well, to keep it a little bit more relevant to to the present time than a book that I write that's just just going to sit there for a while. Because you know, no matter what I say, it's going there's going to be some things that become outdated. But in the future, I may I may redo that book and I may come out with that. So in short, that is that is why this podcast exists. It is is a chance for me to explore what began as a book became outdated and something that I needed to revisit again, something I've already found the with this podcast that I didn't experience with the other one is uh, the amount of resistance that there is out there. Um, when I talk about you, all, some of the tools that I think that you should have uh, and I will get people, you know, who, who will comment, you know, on a post or will message me that they don't think they need to, they don't think that they need to do this too. Um, they've done just fine without adding this particular element of musicianship. And maybe not super soon, but I think I may have a podcast kind of devoted to that whole thing. It is, it's related to something that Stephen Pressfield calls the resistance. And but but that topic is way too broad for me to discuss right now in the midst of all this. But in general, my response to that way of thinking, like, I don't I don't need to like, you know, the, the, one of the most specific ones was that um, I, I put a post on TikTok and I said, I really challenge people my age and older who just with this blanket statement say says that today's music sucks you can probably go find that it's like it's it's kind of entertaining you know some of the comments that i received on it <laughs> but you know one of them says you're 100 percent incorrect today's music does suck <laughs> so on that post i did not reply to those specific comments but what i would respond to this way of thinking is that good i want you to be challenged <laughs> I, if, if i'm just telling you things and and you're so comfortable with everything i'm saying chances are you're probably uh, you're probably exploring this on your own. And really the most of this podcast can do is, uh, you know, kind of help you with some of the specifics, some of the how to's, which uh, I want that to be included as well. But I want you to feel a little bit uncomfortable at times because we don't grow when we're comfortable. We grow when we're feeling called out, when we're, when we're feeling like, I need to do something about this. And you can you can point out all the musicians you know that you think are pretty good and maybe you're talking about yourself, you know, and maybe you are pretty good musician. And you can talk about all of the things that you don't need to bother with. But I'm telling you that the great musicians, the ones who are really accomplished are not just good at their instrument. 
and they may not be really good on all these tools, but it's hard to find a tool where they haven't at least, you know, explored it and tried it out. And, you know, so far as of this episode, we've talked about 21 tools that you need to work on. And I think if I went through them, I would, it'd be hard to say that any less than half of them. So probably any less than a dozen are ones that you can get away with not knowing you like, there are some that are absolutely essential for every musician. And then there's going to be some that maybe you don't need it as less. Like there are some genres where sight reading is more important than playing by ear. And um, obviously some genres where playing by ear is more important than sight reading. And there's some, there's some jobs where you need both. So how much you explore all these tools is up to you. So that's really what I wanted to say this episode. Uh, I just wanted, this is kind of just uh, maybe something that should have been closer to episode one, but I thought it'd be something instead of having, you know, just a series of reels or TikTok videos to to answer kind of this question, why, what gave you the idea for this podcast? thought I would elaborate a little bit. And I don't know that I told a whole, mu- a whole bunch about myself, um, but I'm I'm pretty sure that I've kind of covered some of these things before. Um, I got into music through the goal of wanting to be a film composer and I have scored films. You, I have an IMDB page. It's, it's got, um, I think about a dozen credits on there, uh, mostly films that you haven't heard of and, uh, mostly short films. I think, I think they're good quality projects, but you know, they're, you know, I have not made a name for myself as a film composer. And um, in a while back, I I said that, you know, opportunity may strike. I might have, I might be presented with an opportunity to, to do that very thing. But I decided a few years ago that I wasn't going to actively pursue that going forward as an, as an opportunity that I wanted to become a big time film composer. And, you know, for people want to know like, well, why didn't you succeed at that? That could be a whole episode of itself. But in essence, when I think back, um, first of all, I think one of uh, this also motivates me for the podcast. I was wholly unprepared to live life as something other than a student. You know, you go from kindergarten uh, through 12th grade, and if you don't take a gap year and you go to college for four years and you don't take a gap year and you go to graduate school, um, and I only did two years, I did not get a doctorate. That is 19 straight years of school, and now you don't have that, and uh, you're on your own, and you have to now make a living with what you do. And um, you know, one of the things that I didn't do, I was not mature enough to have the foresight to save money. If I was going to be a film composer uh, at the time I graduated, I would have had to move to L.A., and I would have had to have enough money to live for a year or two while I really tried to network and get some work. I, I financially was not set up. I I also had the misfortune of graduating uh, in, in the very late 90s, which was a big time transition in terms of not only how film music was thought of, but the technology. It was going through kind of a, a transitional period where when I was in school, you we were talking about DAT tapes. And by the time I graduated, (laughs) 
or I should say a couple of years later, you know, we were briefly talking about recordable CDs. It didn't even take a decade before. Um, I mean, I would just put it this way. When I finally did an independent film score after graduation, um, between then and now, I have never actually physically delivered a score except through the internet, you know, through cloud delivery services, whether that's email or whether that's, you know, for a, a file transfer. I've never like sent a DAT tape or CDs like that's that's never happened since I, gra since I graduated. Also, you know, just the technology I work with has changed so much. And um, I began to teach music you know, about six months after I graduated. And that was something I'd never planned to do. And it, and it took me a long time before I stopped seeing that as kind of a temporary thing until I get to do the, the big thing I want, want to do. It was a few years ago that I finally realized, no, I actually really enjoy teaching and I have a passion for it, but I don't necessarily have to be the traditional piano teacher that that I started out as simply because it was what I knew as a student and I was kind of imitating that. So finding my own voice has led to me to want to talk about a lot of things other than just playing the piano, talk about all these tools that we can work on. So when I'm working with piano students, we, we talk about theory and we talk about, uh, you know, making up music and we get in some ear training and, and anytime they express any interest at all in anything musical outside of their instrument, we take time and we talk about it. And, um, you know, I've done a few other things. Um, you know, I, this, this podcast is not meant for me to directly pitch my services, but yes, I do private lessons uh, online and in person. If you happen to live in my area and, you know, you can always through my website, you can find my booking links and, and reach out to me if you want to know more. Uh, but I'm not on most episodes even going to mention that. This is this is my way of just reaching out to you to inspire you to become n not just better at your instrument, but a more well-rounded, complete musician. And, um, you know, something that I think I've said before, but but I'll say it again. This was maybe where the genesis of this idea happened in college. Um, I was a composition major. I played piano. Uh, I also played French horn, which I've been playing since seventh grade. And pretty much from ninth grade onward, I was always first chair. But uh, I would say in college, at least maybe like three of the years of college, I was not the best French horn player. Um, there was a guy next to me, uh, was second chair throughout. And I think just in terms of command of technique, uh, he was a better horn player than I was. But I also realized early on, I was not going to lose first chair because I was quite a bit better at sight reading. And I also, I was very knowledgeable of how my part fit into the ensemble as a whole. I was not just playing the part on the page, not just playing the notes, but I was making it work within the ensemble. I was playing with the other musicians. I was following the conducting very well. I was very sensitive in when the, the horn should be loud and when it should be held back. And all that came from years of listening. So I had all these tools that I was working with that I was further along with than the guy on second chair. And 
And that's when I realized how well you play your instrument can only take you so far. You need all these other skills. And and I, there are so many that I've discovered since then. I probably at the time could have told you about five or six attributes that I did well, but I've explored so many since then. So I'm going to leave you with that and um, be getting back to, you know, some more specific things. But this is just, uh, I mean, it's a little too long to be a bonus episode, but this is just kind of a little end of quarter 2023 episode to talk about, you know, since we just started in 2023, why this podcast is here. If you have any topics related to developing your musicianship that you think that I should discuss uh, or that I have discussed and you want to hear more of it, you know, feel free to, to reach out, leave me a direct message, contact me through my website. If you have something, I mean, if you want to be included on the podcast uh, with, with any kind of feedback at all, uh, I can't I can't promise that I will use it, but I will at least consider it if you leave me a voice message at speakpipe, P-I-P-E dot com slash musician toolkit. And, you know, just a reminder, you can follow me and the podcast on Instagram and TikTok at David Lane Music on Facebook at David M. Lane Music. And if you're not already watching on YouTube, you can find this at David Lane Music one the number one. Please, if you haven't, it'd be great if you're on YouTube, click the like and subscribe. And if you are listening to this as a podcast, if you could please leave a five-star rating and review, if you receive value from it and share this episode with at least one other person, and I will be back with you next week.